So wait, are there any Chevelle albums that wouldn't be plays? Oh, um, like to me? No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Not a chance. I'm, I'm definitely very, very biased. Or, you know what? I also could be like their harshest critic at the same time, too. I don't know. Like, I know every song. (laughs) They can't, they can't fool me anymore. I like, I've, I've heard every chord and every riff that they've made. Right, right. And how did the fan base respond to this album? They have a really good underground following. They're well-respected. They don't get trashed at all, actually, surprisingly. Even even Mm. though they get played on radio with bands like Five Finger Death Punch and, like, Three Days Grace and all those guys, you know? Like, they just... I hate when they get clumped into those bands. They're so much better than them. But, no, like, the... Music listeners, I know on the internet anyways, have a good respect for those guys. They've been doing their thing for years. Hello. Welcome back, everyone, to the play button. Today is March 14th. The Grammys are on, our favorite uh, award show, and The weekend has even promised to boycott the Grammys. Uh, so there's lots of uh, juicy drama happening all around. I'm sure whatever happens won't sway our opinion on the award show in any way, but who knows. My name is, of course, Peter, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Kevin. It's been... A slow start to March music-wise, so our break there was actually more from waiting for certain picks of ours to be released. Uh, But now we have three albums we're excited to review. They are quite different, maybe some of the best variety we've ever had uh, on the show so far. Mm. Uh, First up is the new album by Turkish psychedelic rock band Alton Goon, which is by far the most obscure pick we've done thus far, and I'm very excited to do it. Uh, next up, we'll get into Julian Baker's third studio album called Little Oblivions. And then finally, we'll wrap things up with uh, covering my very first love in music, alternative metal band Chevelle, with their new album, Nothing is Real and This is a Simulation. Kevin, did you know what Simpsons character I was trying to do there? Um, No. No, not at all. And I've been watching The Simpsons lately, so I I really have no idea. I thought it was either Sideshow Bob or Comic Book Guy. One of those two. What? Sideshow Bob or Comic Book Guy? I don't know. I'm not seeing it, but uh, A A plus for effort. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I totally totally didn't uh, didn't even know the Grammys were on today. I just, uh, I have no idea, like, who's nominated or whatever, or, yeah. I did hear about The weekend bo- boycotting it, but, yeah, it's just kind of out of my attention span, I guess. I almost forgot about it as well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, should we get into yeah, let's it? let's get started. Cool. All right. Uh, so our first album, uh, today, uh, it's actually this, this band that I heard about from my coworker. He listens to very, um somewhat obscure but also just a, a wide variety of musical styles and um you know the key thing with this band is um they they're not based in english all their songs are in turkish uh it's the band altin gun with their latest album called yol um i had to look it up yol just means uh like way or path 
or road. They're an Amsterdam-based band uh, playing a unique mix of Turkish folk, uh, psychedelic rock, and and also Anatolian rock, um, which is a, a style of psychedelic music from that region in Turkey. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's uh, a bit out of our comfort zones, I feel like. Uh, I think predominantly most of the music uh, that we listen to is in English. Maybe, maybe Peter has some, I don't know, metal bands that uh sing in scandinavian languages um but yeah so definitely something different it's um i listened to their previous album before this um it was definitely more on the folkier side definitely more down to earth um but this new album yol is much more disco influenced uh like a lot of kind of alternative indie music lately um it's very funky very groovy uh, and still quite psychedelic, um, so it's, it really kind of hits you in the face with very catchy melodies, you know, lyrics you don't understand unless you speak Turkish. Uh, two vocalists, uh, a male and female vocalist, um, that kind of take the lead on separate songs, and it uh, adds an interesting dynamic to the group. Um, so what was your first impression listening to this just totally blind, Peter? I think the first couple listens I was a little bit jarred, obviously, by not really being able to sing along to it like I normally would, but I honestly <laughs> yeah. ended up singing along to it anyways, just guessing what the hell they were saying, because it's <laughs> yeah, just so yeah. surprisingly infectious, um, just with the 70s, yeah. 80s funk psychedelic sound they're kind of going for. I, I loved yeah. it. I thought songs like Buller Numero and Yuche uh, Dag Basinda, they ju- I was just shocked at how many times I was shouting out uh, choruses on those. And I might have <laughs> botched the pronunciation, so apologies if I did. Oh, I have no idea how. Like, some of the, most of the songs they say, like, the title, but it's still, like, difficult to pronounce. Th- this was an exciting band to listen to. I don't know if you noticed. I, a yeah. couple times I was picking out songs like Hey Nari or um, Makayoleri which uh, I found that they, they go on these like tangents. You don't even expect it, right? They'll like they'll bring in the rhythm and then fuck around a little bit with some bass and some jazzy right. kind of drums and, and almost like pull the rug out and then bring the rhythm back in afterwards. And you just you have absolutely no idea where these songs are going to go. Right. And then they'll just all of a sudden break into the grooviest you know, chorus you've ever heard. I don't know. It was very, right. very impressive. Yeah, yeah. There's um, uh, the second last track, Yekte. Um, it's a very groovy, like very like fun track, and towards the end, around thirty seconds to go, the song literally just fades out, and it just like ends, and then it just randomly comes back for the last twenty seconds. Like it's just so they do kind of kind of funny shit like that. It's a very like fun album, lots of energy. They they strike me as a band um, that would just be incredible to catch. Uh, at a festival just like without knowing them you know like just middle of the day like you're kind of stoned and and, like drunk just sitting on the lawn and then this band comes on and they're just you know grooving hardcore like yeah really funky um my one thing with this album is i did feel like it was a bit repetitive um they had amazing hooks and amazing grooves but i just felt like there weren't too many Kind of times to to just take a breath and like slow things down so i felt at times i was kind of overloaded with grooves and certain songs i felt like they just kind of repeated the groove over and over and over again um the song kessik sayir is you know one of the slower tracks but i think it suffered from this as well like it was very repetitive and um the instruments are very uh clear and just simple um so I felt like some of it was a bit too simplistic. I, I guess from a band like this and from a genre like this, I would have wanted a couple of like epic sprawling tracks, which have big kind of um, 
build-ups to like huge climaxes and they're you know five six minutes long and there's you know room to breathe i felt like that was a bit missing um so yeah that's what with yeah. song links like that i mean they're not, they're not going to go on big enough tangents where it's going to go and it's going to expand into something just crazy like i don't know like a mars volta yeah. or an rx bandit song or something you know what right I mean? right but um i thought i felt a little the opposite there i kind of wanted that all the time it was weird and when it was stripped back hmm. those first those couple times including the opener and it's just i, I think her her uh the female vocalist is uh merve when it was straight back and it's just her, I found I kind of zoned out. I actually didn't like that. I kind of yeah. wanted the band all the time. So I felt a little different in that regard. Right. Um, but yeah, right. with song lengths that compact, you're not going to get into anything um, really epic. But, but I thought right. they played to their strengths really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it just... Um, you should check out their last album because it is a bit different. Um, and, and I feel like I prefer that sound a bit more. Like... It just felt like a, a little bit more dynamic. Um, it maybe also like this kind of dick disco influence thing. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit kind of saturated with it because I feel like it's been a very popular influence. Um, and obviously this is very different because they are bringing in that Turkish folk music um, influence, which is very clear. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's certainly an interesting record for sure. Um, all right, moving on to our second album. Um, it is uh, the latest album from singer-songwriter Julian Baker. Um, her new album is called Little Oblivions. Um, so um, before we get into it, I have a pretty funny story. Um, I have a bit of a history with Julian Baker. Um, so she is actually in an indie folk supergroup named Boy Genius, um, which has Phoebe Bridgers, who is, you know, much more popular artist, uh, and Lucy Dacus, another singer-songwriter um, from the U.S. And uh, my girlfriend is a pretty big fan of Phoebe Bridgers, and this was before she kind of blew up, so like I wasn't really into her that much. Um, so I agreed to go to the concert for Boy Genius, which is the three of them together. Uh, it was a Danforth Music Hall in Toronto. Um, and before the concert, I had an indoor softball game because uh, it was like wintertime and I play indoor softball. Uh, so I was, you know, running around and like doing whatever and, and I hadn't eaten anything. Um, and when I finished my game, I had to rush over to the venue. I still didn't have time to eat anything. Rachel was like, uh, sorry, my girlfriend was like, um, you know, it's okay. We can miss the, the like opening act if like you want to get some food. And I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. So we go to the show um, and um, I don't eat anything and I start drinking. Uh, and then Lucy Dacus comes on first, I think. Um, and she was awesome. I'd never heard of her, but she's now one of my favorite artists. And of the three, she's my favorite. Um, Phoebe Bridgers played next. She was good. And then Julian Baker came on and her music was so boring and I was totally zoning out and it was like difficult to pay attention. And I felt like it was never ending. And then I fainted. So... <laughs> Like, I just, yeah, the not eating plus exercising plus uh, drinking just, just, and plus Julian Baker just, just put me out. Um, so that was uh, not a great experience. Not uh, the best uh, memories when I think of Julian You're Baker. never really going to have a good first impression of really anything if you're in an, a hangry state, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, this is, this is her latest album. 
uh, Little Oblivions. So it's a bit different from her previous work because it includes a full band. Previously, her music has been very instrumentally sparse. Um, so that's a bit of a big change. Um, and honestly, it's been very well received. But personally, I just don't really see the appeal. I don't really see any... I don't see enough uniqueness for this genre that uh, I feel like can can be fairly one note. Um, so the singer-songwriter indie folk genre. Um, I did see some promise of that full band on the first two tracks, Hardline and Heatwave. But as it went through, it was just... It just kind of faded into background music, and I just did not really pick up anything else um, as I listened. Yeah, I felt almost exactly the same way. So on paper, everything should work okay for me. She has pretty good atmosphere. Her voice has a nice, like, fluttering, soaring nature to it. But together, mm-hmm. she comes out with some very, very hard-hitting, anthemic songs that should hit you in, in the gut a little bit if you're if you're bought into right. it. So, like, I particularly like those songs you mentioned. I liked Ringside and Favor as well. But yeah, I mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah, and then the fact that finally she has some drumming and some percussion on the album was like yeah. it made the sound seem a lot more full. It should have been okay, but yeah, I'd say by the middle part of the album, I was starting to recognize that um, I, I just grew tired of what she was doing. She wasn't really changing up mm-hmm. the vocal style and songwriting enough. It's like every yeah. song needs to be a breathy anthem for the unhappy and the scorned. Like, she just doesn't change yeah. it up at all. I, I kind of wish that she would take, you know, the Arlo Parks route where she's like, tell me a story then. Like, it doesn't have to be sad all the time. Yeah, yeah. It can be a sad story. Just, you know, can we like, can we just like, change the topic a little bit? It's a little bit of yeah, a harsh yeah, criticism, exactly. but um, yeah, just every song was written that way. I don't know. I, I just didn't, I wasn't able to really connect with it and I don't know why. Um, And I think a lot of people do connect with, with her music and really enjoy it. But for me, I just... It it really felt some of those uh, middle tracks in the album, um, uh, like I think Bloodshot in particular, uh, they really felt like, uh, you know, when you go to a concert and before any of the acts actually goes on stage, they're just playing background music. And it's just like reasonably pleasant indie music that like is kind of obscure um, and it's just kind of playing in the background, not too loud so people can still talk and like mingle um that's kind of what it felt yeah, like i felt that way about um, song in so, e as well just by that by that point e. i was like i don't need this at this point come on like let's let's bump the energy up a little bit yeah yeah so yeah i don't know a tough one for me i don't uh it'll be tough for me to like you know keep coming back to that so yeah final one is uh like I said, a band very near and dear to my heart. Alternative metal band uh, from Illinois, Chevelle. Um, I, you know, I, you're gonna have to stop me, Kev, if I go on too long, because I could literally talk for I could literally <laughs> talk for an hour on Chevelle, and it wouldn't even be a it's thing. Okay. But everyone would be dead after, and it wouldn't be worth it. Anyway, this band, um, they've always they've been around since the uh, the late '90s. Um, they've been rooted in grunge. They're probably a little bit too close in sound to Tool, so they've always. Um, been compared to uh to tool in a lot of ways but despite that decent reputation um they do tend to get clumped into this dreaded like radio rock group which i hate like they don't belong in that group they're so much far superior to those bands um but their success hinges a lot on uh their ability to craft um satisfyingly heavy tunes uh but that are also catchy so they're always just a notch heavier than their peers on the radio so metal bands could get or metal fans could get into them rather 
Um, mm. But the the songs are catchy and digestible enough that you could hear them at like sports venues. I hear them at sometimes or back, but right. soundtracks to like an NHL or um, sports game or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they definitely seem like a sports sound. Like an, yeah, an NHL soundtrack. I'm video pretty game sure soundtrack. they were on one one of the, like way way back. Anyway, um, so yeah. for I would say. The vast majority of their career, they've always been a trio in some form or another. Most of the most of the right. time, the third guy was uh, their brother-in-law, Dean. Um, it's two brothers, Pete and Sam, uh, who have been intact for the, most of the time. Right now, though, they're actually just uh, it's just Sam and Pete. Dean left back in 2019 just to focus on family. So it took them a little while. It's been almost four and a half years since the last album, and uh, time flies. I d- it didn't feel that long to me. This album, though, it looks track list wise, like 13 songs. They've never made an album uh, that long. But when you look deeper into it, there is a whopping five of 13 uh, songs that I would put as a, as an interlude. It's really only eight, right, eight right. new songs. And um, I felt a little cheated up from that, to be perfectly honest. But when you listen mm. to Pete in interviews, um, he was he was dealing with some serious writer's block. That's why it took so long. Um, and he almost hmm, he almost served his fans up kind of a bit of an ultimatum of sorts. Like he kept saying, you know, I'll keep writing music if the fans think it's good. But he sounded just very, just very burnt out. What? So going into this album, I have no choice but to feel this sort of finality to the to the project. Um, oh, OK, um, it feels like I don't know. Like, I don't know if the guy's got it in him anymore or if the juices are still flowing for ideas. But um this album fits much more into their melodic side, so it would resonate more with fans of sci-fi crimes or hats off to the bull. Um, Kevin, you know some songs from those. I, I, I've been forcing this band down Kevin's throat for ages. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll get into what I think. Let's like enough to, enough of me talking. But uh, what do you think, Kev? Um, yeah, so like I had heard of this band before I met Peter because they were on the radio like early to mid two thousands uh, for sure, and. Uh, I think I yeah like I, I they had a few singles like on the first two records that are very popular and like widely played, um and so I remember those and I remember enjoying this band but yeah I just kind of stopped following them and like this genre in general so this is the first you know that I've really listened to them since you know other than those couple albums that you know Peter has has forced me to listen to, um this is the first time in a long time that I've listened to them um and. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I, I just feel like it sounds like what you would expect from an early to mid 2000s alternative metal band making an album in 2021. Um, I, I didn't really feel like it was it had, you know, a lot of vigor for, for a late later career album. It just felt like a later career album that's just kind of like, uh, all right, we're just going to do an album about like space, I guess. <laughs> so here we go. Um so I don't know if that's the writer's block issue, but I did, you know, I guess the interlude thing, like, is that a new thing? Because the album starts with just an instrumental track. Like, is that common for them? That's or? incredibly uncommon for them, actually. They, they have okay, never so done that's that. that's a new thing. They, they've never done that. The most you'd ever see was one interlude and one slower acoustic track per album, usually. So this was very different. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, so that that was a bit... I feel like when it started out, I was like, okay, this is a bit interesting. This is a little, this is a little better than I expected. Uh, I think So Long Mother Earth, that's a good song. I really like that song. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, very epic and, like, yeah, good. But then, I don't know, I, I just felt like a lot was being recycled through the rest of the tracks. Um, I felt like um, the riffs really, really got boring for me. Like, 
they kind of had like two different styles of riffs and they were just very minor variations on on those um styles and like like uh the song pistol star gravity heels that song i i really singled out i i didn't like uh just that riff was so boring to me just like the ding 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 and it's just like for the entire song and it's just like this is not interesting enough to carry the entire song so it just feels like an unfinished kind of whatever going through the motions um you know that one acoustic soft song this album certainly has that uh the song endlessly um and i thought that was you know a nice breath of fresh air like a little different uh allows them to explore you know some more different sounds um and then yeah just what one last point um what i didn't really appreciate was this is clearly a concept album and you know it's kind of a muse style like science fiction futurism type thing um but i just i didn't I didn't hear that at all in the sound. Like I felt like the production was just typical alternative metal, like polished, not too interesting, you know, nothing, no crazy effects like everywhere. And I feel like it didn't connect with the concept. So it, to me, the concept just feels like there, it's not really there. Um, so yeah, I don't know that that's, that's kind of how I felt. I think, I think I would feel the same way about the concept. It's a little flimsy to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, I found approaching this from um, the aspect of somebody who's been listening to them for over a decade now, this was yeah, an yeah. this was an ironically hard album to actually get into at first. And it wasn't that it was mm. it wasn't that it was bad music. It was more just that yeah the 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 at face value anyways a lot of the songs um, are recycling the same sort of ideas and riffs. I I would mm-hmm. I would very comfortably tell you that. For anybody who's been listening to Chevelle as long as I have, you will not hear a single new chord or riff that they haven't already done in another song. It's all just pieced together just slightly differently. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but having said that, um, I did think that uh, overall the album as a piece of music was was actually quite, it, it stood together quite well. Um, and it's definitely not going to go down as their strongest uh, effort to date. Um, and I, I can hear that writer's block happening, just the amount of the amount of times he's recycling riffs. But I thought the songs right. he, he still Pete Loeffler still knows how to make a really good tune at the end of the day. So long, Mother Earth was in particular really good. I grew to like the singles, yeah. Self Destructor, and Peach. Um, this, I, I I didn't like Peach at first, and then found myself just singing to it afterwards. I don't know. It's a much more it's a much more spastic, just like energetic track where he's shouting a lot. Right. Um, and then, uh, endlessly was a great job as well. I, I'm really happy they've gotten away from just doing Pete on acoustic guitar. Cause I found those songs back in the right, day. So right. boring. Um, this one has right. just a lot more going on. Uh, but to, to be honest, I think it all came together because of one song and it's, uh, one of the, it's the final real track ghost and razor at the very end. Okay. I just felt like, like I was saying, there was an air of finality as I listened to this. And I felt kind of like the same when I listened to Tool's album from 2019, Fear Inoculum. Right. I was like, you got one more song, you better like knock this one out of the park, right? And they right, and right, Tool right, definitely right. did. They 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 released the song Tempest, and it was like right. it was an amazing track. It was by far the best track right. on that album. Here, I kind of feel the same way, even though this, even though Ghost and Razor is nowhere near in terms of technical proficiency. And, and length right um this is a stomping chevelle track and it's probably one of their best of the decade for sure like maybe maybe not as bad maybe it obviously doesn't go toe-to-toe with their big singles from back in the day but this is a very good song and i thought 
like thank goodness that they delivered a very satisfying final song before that last weird one where it's just Pete talking. Um, yeah, that was not down with that. <laughs> I uh, I thought I thought Ghost and Razor was and it, for me if you can get a good closing track in, it kind of just it makes you want to come back. And then sure enough, the more I listened to it, I really found that the album came together at the end. Um, but definitely uh, that one didn't that one didn't stick out to me so I'll, I'll have to revisit it it's just catchy it's got a great riff it bounces it's nice and energetic um but yeah anyway i'll get more into it when i do the final wrap up but uh i thought it was really good All right, um, so just to round up our albums um, with our final verdicts. Um, so our first album that we covered today was Alton Gunn's Yol. Um, you know, this one is pretty out there. Um, definitely take some time to get used to, to kind of rewire your brain, like how to listen to music that's not in English, if you typically listen to music that's in English. Um, I felt like I wanted to like this more, and I think on my first listen, I really liked it a lot, but... Over time, I've, I feel like it's just a bit uneven, and for me, compared to their previous album, I feel like it's a bit of a step down. It feels like a bit of an experiment and a fun kind of, um, you know, different album, different direction to go into, but I do wish that they would kind of um, amp up the instrumentation and, and have it a bit less simple and sparse, um, and just, you know, try to have some more kind of epic, sprawling sounds. I think it suits them quite well. So, uh I'm feeling a bit harsh, so I'm actually going to give this one a pause. Um, but yeah, I think Peter Peter really enjoyed it, though. Yeah, I've been singing to this for the last week or so. <laughs> Kat doesn't even know what the hell I'm singing. It's all in a different language. <laughs> I thought it was super catchy. I um, I was in love with it, actually. Not the whole thing. Like I said, some of the stripped back songs, I just kind of got bored with. I skipped those. But uh, yeah. when they when all of the band is firing on all cylinders, this is some infectious stuff. So it's a play for me. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right, our second album um, was Julian Baker's Little Oblivions. Um, you know, this genre, I, I think it's a genre that I can definitely like um, if the songwriting is unique enough and interesting and the instrumentation is, you know, unique uh, and dynamic. But I didn't really get that too much on this album. Um, I felt like it was pretty straightforward, just kind of typical indie folk music, which bores me to listen to you know a whole album of it uh i don't think she really used like she brought on the full band sound on this record for the first time um and i feel like she kind of dipped her toe into it and used it kind of around the edges as kind of decoration but i just wish she really kind of fully committed and made this more of a full band album um if if that makes any sense so uh for me a little boring so uh i'm gonna give it a pause yeah i feel the same so Finally, the first album, she has some percussion in her music. I feel like she could have done just so much more with it. Um, but, you know, there are some sparse moments throughout this track list that, you know, I, I do feel it. When she's singing, I, my heart skips and I like I, I kind of get bought into what she's doing. I just don't know if I needed 12 right. songs of the same concept, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. it's there's something about this album that's just a little draining and I can't. I, that's that's as best as I can really explain it. And for me, it's also a pause. <laughs> Yeah. All right, and last up was the band Chevelle with uh, "Nothing Is Real" and this is a simulation. Uh, so this one is the first time that it's just been Pete and Sam uh, making the music. Um, 
like I said, I, I struggled to uh, to get into this one at first. It's more rep- reminiscent of their uh, late 2000s, early 2010s sound. It's more melodic. If they even have a weak era, that was the weakest era, even though it's not that bad. Um, so right off the bat, wasn't looking so good. But but to be honest, I think it uh, fell together actually pretty well at the end of the day. I think if this is their send-off album, um, I think Ghost and Razor is one of the best songs they could have they uh, ended things off with. Just really good. Everything I love about them. They're definitely not going to be stopping the comparisons to Tool um, in any way. Yeah. But... Uh, but I, I think um, this celebrates a lot of what made their uh, their sound so great back in the 2000s, and it's a play for me. Um, yeah, so for me, for this album, I just... I didn't feel like it was kind of justifying itself enough. I thought the concept was quite weak um, and just kind of cheesy. Like, I don't... Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough to pull off this kind of science fiction theme type stuff. Um, and not have it be cheesy. Um, I feel like it didn't really resonate in the sound of the album, in the production, in the songwriting. Um, and I think, you know, the riffs, which, you know, I think are a key part to this band, I, I just think felt like they were recycled uh, across songs. Um, and I get the sense that, you know, maybe they're, I think they're holding on to this genre a little too much. Um, like, I think a lot of these sounds were done and we're kind of done with them, you know, after you know, the 2010s or yeah, after the 2010s. So I just feel like they could kind of move on from it and just bring in inst- like new um, influences and, and do something, you know, a little more riskier um, in the future. So uh, it's going to be a pause for me um, for that album. All right, so it's time to get into the the topic of the day now. So we uh, reviewed the album Yol by Alton Goon. Um, they're a band, uh, they're a Turkish band, and uh, and that was uh, an interesting album for Kevin and I to uh, listen to. It was entirely in Turkish lyrics. Um, it's not often we really listen to albums um, and even get to really dissect them enough um, that aren't in English. So. Uh, Kevin and I were just going to talk a little bit today about why that is. Um, are we sheltered in North America? Um, is it, is there a bit of a barrier to entry when you're trying to listen to something that's not in um, the language you speak? Um, and what what works for bands, what doesn't? Um, we're going to keep it pretty general today. Um, Kev, did you want to start? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just getting exposed to this this band and, you know, realizing that they're they're pretty awesome like they're very groovy very talented musicians uh, making very interesting music um you know they're just it just got me thinking that like this band is like pretty unknown like there are a few people who have heard of them and like probably caught them at a festival and like were introduced to them as an opener or something i think they opened for tame impala actually that's not um yeah exactly um but yeah i just feel like you know even with the advent of the internet and you know being able to access information and 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 media from anywhere in the world like i feel like we are fairly sheltered uh in what we listen to and what's covered in music you know uh websites and magazines and whatever um and i just i just worry that i feel like i'm missing out on so much you know and um you know i think it's really interesting that k-pop has burst through that barrier and it's just mainstream popular around the world um and 
but yeah, I, I just wish on the more on like the indie and like alternative and rock side of things, you know, I wish I could be exposed to, you know, more bands than just the ones that are, you know, from the US, Canada and other Commonwealth countries. Or European bands that sing in English. Not even, not even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time, yeah. 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 Like Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. For example. Yeah, that's a good band to vote there. I'd, I've, I've even found even with English speaking lyrics, um, it's been hard for some genres to hop across seas as well. UK grime and hip hop. That was a hard, mm-hmm. that was a hard one for North Americans to get into for a while there. And it's been popularized a lot in the back half of the 2010s, right. but even that took a while and it's in English. There's nothing wrong. It's just that there's a, there's right, just a heavy right, British right. accent on it. Yeah. I feel like more often than not, it's unfortunately it's, it's the lyrics that really grab people's attention. Um, Especially mm-hmm. for clean singing. For harsh singing, like you were talking about, it doesn't matter. They could be screaming whatever. Yeah. But but for yeah. clean singing, pop music, even just you know, normal rock or indie, um, people will resonate. They'll always resonate more with lyrics. So if it's not in the language right. that you speak, um, it, it requires a different formula almost in order to grab somebody's attention and ear. Um, I was thinking of an example of a band that did it really, really well. Um, and an example that came up was Ramstein. They, oh, they yeah. do an incredibly great job. Um, they have global appeal. People in North America love listening to them. And it's because they play, they play a very basic melodic type of metal that's catchy. Um, but in, in the, their lyrics are in German. But the thing that grabs most people when listening to them is that they keep, they keep their lyrics very dumbed down and simple. It's in German. But they're right. usually just like shouting one word, like just, you know, like it's it, like th- their song title will just be like sex or like they'll just be like, you know, <laughs> it'll right. just be one word. Very easy to understand. That's the hook. Um, right. His voice right. is also very raspy and interesting to listen to. So even if you don't know the language in their case, you'll still want to listen to it. And the, the music in the background is obviously great enough, great enough to listen to as well. So they've been able to do it. Right. And I saw that Alton Goon did it here as well in the song Yekta which, um, again, mm-hmm. structured like how Rammstein was doing really good songs too, where it's just one word, it's all they need. Yeah. doesn't yeah. matter what, every, what they're yeah. saying, just like give them like the hook. I, f- I feel yeah. like that strategy Yeah, and that one sticks out in my yeah. mind more. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I was also thinking about um, like movies because um, it's kind of a similar thing with foreign film. Like it's, it's difficult for people, for whatever reason, to just watch a movie with subtitles and, you know, have to read as well as watch the movie. Um, But I feel like lately there's a bit of a trend where I feel like it it takes like one movie or, you know, for music, it would take one artist or one album to just kind of break through and just like kind of end that stigma. And I mean, I don't know how popular it was. It feels like Parasite was a pretty watershed moment in like film because a lot of people watch that movie um and you know it's completely not in english like there aren't too many movies that are that popular not in english so i just hope that i i wish that there were more artists that you know had that kind of universal appeal and i, I wish like music websites would promote you know those kinds of artists more because it would just make it more interesting i feel yeah you find um it's really easy for bands to incorporate instrumentation that's from different parts of the world like it doesn't necessarily have to be vocals but like i found especially in metal music anyways they'll they typically like to incorporate something called a double harmonic scale which a a double harmonic scale is actually more prominent in like eastern european or middle eastern music it's not 
not it's right. it wasn't right wasn't brought about in North American music and culture right. yet metal bands will bring that in and it just makes it makes even just like a guitar riff sound much more exotic that is e- that mm, is easy for yeah. a North American listener to digest but vocals yeah, vocals true. are that next stage of difficulty and barrier I find and I mean I do think that sometimes that there are more popular mainstream artists that incorporate elements from around the world but Sometimes that's just kind of because like Vampire Weekend, you know, their first album is, you know, has a lot of West African pop music influence in the instrumentation and like the melodies. Um, But like they're just this band that like caters to like rich college kids, you know, like it just feels a little bit like they're they're kind of like gentrifying the sound, which is just kind of annoying. And it would just be better if like those artists had more exposure in the first place. So um, I don't know, it would just lead to things being more dynamic and, and varied but yeah it takes a band like you know how on gorilla's latest album gorillas have always been doing this their their whole career well they'll where they'll just yeah. throw whatever sticks like they'll bring artists from all over the place um maybe yeah, even yeah. artists that weren't even singing originally in english and it'll just be a smorgasbord of a whole bunch of different styles and it doesn't always right. work but at least um at least the platform and the forum is there for people to at least listen to it because they'll listen to a band like gorillas feel like that's how it has to happen that's true yeah um all right that uh pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the play button uh we'd like to thank you again for listening follow us on instagram at play button podcast um add our spotify and apple music playlists um we update them with each episode with our track picks um so yeah thanks again for listening and we will see you soon